I could not be more excited than I am about today's episode. This is my favorite episode, maybe ever. Top five easily. Today, our guest is Dr. Lisa Marie Bobby, who is an amazing human being. Like you're just gonna, you're just gonna literally fall in love with this woman. And we're gonna be talking about in case you're in case you're new to our podcast. Hello, welcome. Um, I am a guy that is five years divorced and realized just a couple of weeks ago I've got commitment issues. So how in the world are divorced people supposed to finally heal and commit again? Hi, my name's Kramer, and I am proud to admit that I am a mama's boy. You're not just any mama's boy. You're a certified mama's boy. And this is the Certified Mama's Boy Podcast. So yeah, this is like a special edition episode. If you are new to our show, typically we don't have a, a, a ton of guests on. Um, it's typically me and my mom, Nancy Yancey, and we have a, a daily show where we live, laugh, love your mom. That means we live our lives out loud, we laugh a lot, and we love my mom, my co-host, Nancy Yancey. For today, I want to introduce you to our, our guest. I am a fan of this podcast, and it was something that was sent to me a couple of weeks ago when I mentioned, I think for the very first time in my life, I'm ready to admit that I have commitment issues. And I fought that, and I said, no, I don't. I just enjoy being single. There's no way this guy right here has any kind of commitment issues. I just don't want a commitment. Until one day I woke up, and I wanted a commitment, and I freaked out completely. So our guest today is Dr. Lisa Marie Bobby. Her podcast is Love, Happiness, and Success. Welcome to the Certified Mama's Boy podcast. I am so excited to be here, Steve. I can already tell we're going to be friends. I can tell you, like, just with us just talking, with us just talking, I could tell the second that I listen to your podcast, I'm like, well, you and I need to talk. We need to like get into this. Now, I want to get a little bit uh, as an introduction for those that don't know you or don't listen to the podcast, the Love, Happiness, and Success podcast, which you should go download. You should go subscribe and listen to. You've been doing this for, what, seven years? I mean, there's a ton of content on there. Something I've I've lost count. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> this is my life now. So <laughs> I was trust me as I was scrolling, and there's different kind of topics. It doesn't really matter, like what you're going through. I guarantee you that you can find a podcast that has something to do with the situation that you were going through. But let's back up and just give you a little bit of credibility first about what exactly it is that you do, and then we'll kind of move forward. Well, thank you. Yeah. So in in terms of credentials and all that. Um, I am a licensed psychologist. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I'm a board-certified coach. Um, and I'm also the the founder of Growing Self Counseling and Coaching, which is a practice that I founded. Um, I can't even tell you how long ago because then that would sort of like reveal how old I actually am. I'm maintaining the <laughs> facade, Steve. I think you're, I think um, you're 32. It's something like that. I'm yes. 27, so it's Great. fine. no but um and and that has just been a joy so there i do um i do clinical supervision with other counselors and coaches and i also uh, see my own clients and so it's a lot of fun it's awesome the website's great if you go to uh growingself.com uh, you can go and kind of type in any kind of topic that you're looking for, and either you or your team has written something, or there's a podcast, or it's it's, it's a really great tool. So so growingself.com uh, to find out more. But today we're going to focus on commitment issues, and there is a podcast that I will link if you want to go listen to that. And I, I've I've given Dr. Lisa just a few bullet points on me. You know very little about me. Um, but we're going to kind of start where we are, which is I am a almost 40 year old man that woke up about three or four weeks ago and said, 
oh my gosh, after five years of being divorced, I want to be in a relationship. And it was the scariest realization I've come to in a very long time. (laughs) I literally went into this panic mode of why am I so scared to be in a relationship? And for the previous five years before this, it was literally all just, I like being single. I like being single. I enjoy dating. I just wanted to get out there and just play the field, you know, that old game after, after divorce. And then one day I woke up and realized I didn't want to do that anymore. And then I got absolutely terrified of being in a relationship. So, as someone that is a pro in this and has an excellent podcast on this, where do these commitment issues come from? Yeah, well, I mean, one thing that I've learned over the years is that there can be different reasons why people have feelings about commitment. And by understanding sort of what flavor of commitment issue it is, then we can work on whatever that is. But because they're they're really quite different. Like so for example, you know, some people um have anxiety about committing to a relationship because of historical bad experiences in relationships, sometimes even going way back to family of origin stuff. So that's that's kind of door number one. Right. Another reason why commitment Uh, issues can happen is if somebody is really genuinely ambivalent about the relationship that they're in. So you might have somebody who's in a relationship and, you know, most relationships are a mixed bag, but there's enough mix in that bag that they're like, I'm not sure that I want to keep doing this for the next 30 or 40 years. And so unless these issues are solved, I don't think I can commit. Mm. There's a lot of wisdom in that sure. truly. Sure. Um, and then sometimes there's people who just realize in their heart of hearts that there was somebody who is probably not their person long-term. So love them, good people, don't hate them. You know, the relationship is is fun. No reason to break up, but also <laughs> probably not enough there to to move forward. So it's so kind of a limbo. Kind of depends on, on kind of where you are. Yeah. In your in your process, so I'm, I'm sure you deal a lot with people that they get divorced. And mm-hmm. how how common is it for someone to come to you and say, "I think I'm terrified to be in a relationship after being an after after a failed marriage." Yeah, how well, common is that to especially five years? It's been a long time. We didn't. I didn't just get out of this thing yesterday. Okay, like it's mm-hmm. been five years. Uh, how common is that that you might see somebody come? And check out, you know, growing self-counseling and coaching and, and have have these kind of issues. And how do you relate that back to the situation? Yeah. And I mean, people can have very different experiences post-divorce. And so, you know, I would start by just asking asking a few questions. And if, with your permission, can yeah. I ask you a couple? Okay. Absolutely. So, you uh, just in talking with you, you it se- it sounds like you've kind of come to the conclusion that you're having these feelings because of the divorce. Um, if if you go back further, was um, kind of commitment issues or, or uh, ambivalence about relationships was that true for you prior to the relationship that ended in divorce? No, I would actually okay. consider myself more on the codependent side. Mm-hmm. I would find myself as a guy that was always in a relationship um, for from high school. I was in a four year relationship 
And then uh, that, that bled into college and I was single for a couple of years and I met my mm-hmm. ex-wife and we, you know, I, I met her. I'm like, we should get married. A year and a half later, we were married. And so I never really had issues committing to relationships before. Yeah. Uh, I come yeah. from a, a household where there are, um, I my parents separated for a little while, but they got back together, been together for 50 years this year or last year, was 50 years in November. So I, I see commitment. <laughs> like, like that's, that's part of my DNA is commitment. So I don't know what happened in between those two things. Well, um, and so you mentioned, uh, getting together with your ex shortly after college. And then that ended when you're about there. So that was 10, 12 years of yeah. marriage. Is that uh, we were together. About? We were together for, um, we were together for 11, married for nine and a half. Okay. Well, so it, it sounds like, and again, forgive me, Steve, because I, I don't want to <laughs> go, go into too no, personal of areas. Not, and there, if you there, don't like you said, there's, there's nothing off limits. This uh, is nothing. Okay. And, and, and they, they know everything. They, they know the good and the bad of me. So there's yeah. nothing that we can't, we can't touch. And if there is, guess what? They also know that I'll edit it out. So they trust me. <laughs> <laughs> they, they know that I'm like that too, if things get a little too personal. So got it. please feel well, free. Then, then I, I hope it's it's fair to say that it, it's it sounds like what you're saying is that um, you sustained some relational trauma over the course of your marriage and then the way that it ended that is perhaps unresolved. Is that fair to say? Let's talk about what that looks like. Okay, because I I don't know. Like a question I think that I hear all the time is are you healed from your divorce? Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people that are divorced, because I have this conversation a lot with people, mm-hmm. we don't really know what that means. <laughs> We're not quite mm-hmm. sure. When When can you check that box off of, okay, I, I, I guess I'm healed. So here we go. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, well, and we could talk about, you know, what, what the healing process looks like for sure, you yeah. know, just to, to com- compare that to your own experience. Um, but when, when there is relational trauma, it often means a, a couple of different things. There can be unfinished business with the past that hasn't fully been processed in the sense of, you know, are you confident that you could get into another relationship and have a different experience, a different outcome than Ooh. the one that you just had. <laughs> really. We just yeah. hit on something. Uh, uh. That resonated with you. Yeah. I think that um I think that I am still scared that a, it might it would happen a second time. Mm-hmm. I think I'm still scared. Yeah. Is that, would you say that's common for people that are divorced? You know, um, I always hesitate around the commonalities because the, the truth is different people have different experiences and you're allowed to have your own experience. You know what I mean? Right. So certainly um, it, it can be common. Um, 
but it's also, I think, really Im- important to think about because like, so when I work with people who are, um, you know, on, on the off ramp coming out of a, a relationship or, you know, so in addition to other things, uh, breakup recovery is actually, I'm, I'm an accidental breakup recovery expert, I'm a marriage counselor who specializes in breakup recovery. So what does that tell you? The best yeah. marriage counselor in the world, right? right, right. <laughs> I, I, I wrote a book on the subject, believe it or not. And, um, so one of the things that's really important is to, as as part of the healing process after a relationship ends, to almost like go back and do an autopsy, like really um, productive growth work around what happened, why did that happen, and not just get closure, but really like develop a insight, a new narrative, like use it. What did mm-hmm. I learn from that experience? What mistakes did I make? Um, what things did I maybe overlook and didn't address? What could mm-hmm. I have responded to differently? Because, you know, it's it's not about being able to trust another person or another relationship. It's really about being able to trust yourself. Ooh. D- does that make sense? <laughs> like, I can trust myself to have a different experience. Ooh, this is good. Um, you've, you've done this a couple of times. Once or twice. Once or twice, yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, so let's talk about what that means. So yeah. you can trust you're, – you're saying that I need to be able to trust myself to be able to what? Well, and again, I don't know your specifics, but some of the usual suspects, I I trust myself um, to be selecting a new partner based on things that are reliable indicators that this person would actually be a good partner to me. Mm -hmm. That, like people, especially if they've had a couple of experiences, um, can begin to like doubt their ability to choose well. That mm-hmm. can be something. I think I am fearful of that. I think I do I do mm-hmm. question if I didn't get it right the first time, how do I know I'll get it right the second time? Yeah. That is a, that's a very real uh fear and, and and something that should be explored, right? Yeah. Um and then again without knowing the circumstances, um, I would also wonder if you were clear about why your marriage uh, failed, essentially. Because if you don't really know, how could you possibly prevent that from happening again in the future? Mm. And I think it it sort of extends our first point, like certainly one part of having a, a healthy new relationship is picking a fundamentally good enough person and everybody has that, you know, there's no such thing as perfect. Sure. So um, relationships evolve and what we put into relational dynamics leads to the experiences that that we have. Mm-hmm. And so if we have ways of being that we don't really understand could be detrimental to the way our relationships evolve and go in the future, and then we just start doing our old things in the new relationship, you will 
turn what could have been a good relationship with a just fine person into a bad one mm. because of those old ways of being that haven't been understood and, and kind of dealt with with. Right. And so the and I'm not saying that you you would do that, but it, it goes back to the question of were you able to do some growth work around what happened in the marriage and use that to like strengthen your own relational skills so that you feel more confident in your ability to handle it well and and have a increased likelihood of a good relationship next time. You know, honestly, and I I've, I've been doing therapy for I mean, here, I've been in therapy for, for since 2011, right? I don't think anyone's quite said it just like that before. I don't think anyone's quite said it was more of like the healing, the pain, the, you know, everything else. But I don't think anyone's really worked. I've, I haven't, no one's ever told me that I've got to like work forward. And I'll tell you, as somebody that, that, that is a, I don't want to say an authority on divorce, a lot of people come to me and ask the same exact questions. Yeah. A lot of people that listen to this, this podcast are divorced because I'm very transparent about this, this whole situation. And I don't think that anyone's ever quite said it just like that to where, you know, not so much is it just the not being sad part, right? Like, mm -hmm. I'm not sad about it. I'm not like, I'm good. I'm good on that part, right? But... Have I really put I, – I, I haven't really put a lot of energy other than like knowing where we had issues. And now I look for partners that I'm like, whoa, okay. My ex-wife, she was we, – we couldn't communicate very well. Um, we, are, we had kind of grown apart when it comes to like what we believed in. Uh, so I, I, now I'm like hyper vigilant about I need a partner mm -hmm. that can communicate. You know, like and that's like – it's like it's – like, laser focused into like, mm -hmm. let me find the person that is the opposite or where my ex was flawed for us, for me. Um, I'll find somebody that was really good in those things <laughs> and that will fix all my problems. Yeah. So I think that most of my dating life has been, Hey, like, how are you, like, how do you feel about this topic? Are you good at this? And the second that I feel like I can't communicate with somebody, I pretty much am like, Psh, that's it. We can't. Mm -hmm. rah, rah, and I run for the hills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's understandable. And I, I think it, it would be very common, pure common, whenever any of us have had a traumatic experience. I mean, there's there's a vigilance around avoiding anything that kind of resembles that past negative experience. And so that that's very adaptive and understandable. And um Everybody is a weirdo in their own <laughs> unique way. And so what will also be true is that you find somebody and they're like, okay, communicate, believe the same things, but they do these five things and you still right. have to deal with that part. So it's like, it's, it's difficult to trust or, or really have a basis to know that a relationship is going to be a good one if we're really focused on the personality or characteristics of a possible partner. Mm. It's really around how, how do you handle things mm. in like those healthy relationship skills. And, and just going back to a point that you made a, a minute ago, I just want to validate what you are saying because just between you and me and all of your listeners, therapists 
bug the crap out of me. I I don't actually identify as a therapist. And I think that part of what has been a kind of defining feature of my, my practice and my almost like cultural identity as a helper is really more around coaching. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what you just heard from me is this like, okay, here, here's what needs to happen next, like in order. And that is something that therapists are typically not trained to do at all. It's like not even part of their, their thinking. And then on the other side, most coaches don't have any training as therapists, which is problematic for many other reasons. But, um, it sounds like that may be a more helpful approach for you. And like, what is the problem and then what is the solution kind of growth work is is if I'm, if I'm understanding right yeah totally today's special edition is brought to you by ag1 ag1 is an awesome supplement you could take every single morning i started taking this because i was having digestive issues to be honest with you and uh i i, I woke up uh, one day and I was like, I got to switch something up, man. I got to change this up because I was taking laxatives all the time. It was bad. Anyway, point is, is that my digestive has been really no issues ever since I started taking AG1, what, seven, eight months ago now? It's got 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day out right. It's great for your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, and your aging, literally all the things that are good for you and that you want to get right in your body. It's AG1. So to make this easy, if you want to try this out, and I highly recommend that you do, it's a great way to start your day. Uh, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Kramer. Again, it's athleticgreens.com slash Kramer, K-R-A-M-E-R. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. You said something really interesting. Um, You said you find somebody good enough. Mm -hmm. What What does it mean for someone to be good enough? Yeah. Um, The things that I would look for in a good enough partner, and this is broad, okay, but I would be looking for um, a kind of middle of the bell curve on attachment style. So at one extreme of the bell curve, is a very anxious attachment style at the other. I would other say that's where very... I fall in, by the way. Yeah. So as, as, as knowing my attachment style, I'm definitely an anxious attachment person. Yeah. Well, then it will be that much more important for you to connect with somebody who's kind of in the middle of the bell mm. curve with, with a predominantly secure attachment style that will help you feel more secure. Interesting. So, so you're saying, in case you don't know anything about this mm-hmm. when it comes to attachment styles, because we, I don't think we've done an episode on attachment styles, but basically you've got, and, and well, actually, why don't you, you're, you're, you're the professional here. You're the doctor. I don't need to explain this to them. You can do this. What am I doing? <laughs> oh, I, I 
But you know a lot about attachment I, I know a lot about relationships what because I really learn? have. Okay, so tell me if I'm right. You've got three. You've got people with three types of attachment styles. There's anxious, there's secure, and there's avoidant. And mm-hmm. um, basically, people with anxious are always like, "Oh my gosh, is this person going to leave me? Are they going to? Why didn't they call me back fast enough? They're going to break up with me. Everything, everything must be terrible." And that is me. Uh, then you've got someone that's a secure attachment style, which is somebody that's very comfortable in a relationship. They're not really worried about, uh, they just, they're, they're very, they're, I don't know how to say, they're just solid. They're not worried about it. They're not trying to run away from it. They're just like, I'm in this and I'm comfortable in this. And then that's that. And then you've got people that have the, uh, the, um, what am I forgetting? Uh, avoidant, which is people that are like, oh, I don't want to get too close to this. Oh, I don't, I don't, maybe I'm into this. Maybe I'm not into that. I'm not really, uh, uh, I'm not sure. Which was something that was probably the worst description you've ever heard of it. Oh, no. It but was for, wonderful. For a podcast and radio host, that's the best I can do. I thought that was fantastic. Oh, thank you really you. like captured how it, it feels, like the inner experience, truly, of, of, those things. Mm-hmm. So someone, yeah. so when we're talking about someone that's good enough, mm-hmm. you think that attachment styles is very important to that? I think it, I think it can be. And I will also say, you know, even just what you shared about your own self-awareness and recognition of having a tendency towards an- anxious attachment style, to me, that means that you're actually a lot more secure than you think that you are truly because you have this self-awareness, you know, you, you have the, um, maybe even a little, uh, inner dialogue around, you know, Steve, you know, you tend to be anxious in these situations. Like there's, there's an almost, um, ability to regulate yourself that's implied into that. And so, it's not that somebody needs to have a perfectly perfect attachment style because that doesn't exist. It's like balancing on the head of a pin, you know what I mean? Uh, But the ability to have self-awareness around their own tendencies and the ability to manage that to the degree that it doesn't negatively impact a partner in a relationship because relationships are systems, meaning that what we put in creates a reaction in a partner that Mm -hmm. then we react to, and then they are reacting to our reactions. And so people with a um, unmanaged, highly anxious attachment style who are, you know, really dramatic examples of what you described will actually elicit an avoidant response. Oh, in pretty much so, anybody. So basically you can, depending on the mm-hmm. dynamic between the two, you can push somebody into another yes. style based on mm-hmm. you, what you're bringing to the, the relationship. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So it's not that you have to find somebody who's perfect. It's that you have to find somebody who has done enough work on themselves to be able to have awareness and then manage it. Mm. If you put the most secure person in the world into a relationship with somebody who has a highly avoidant attachment style, they will become extremely anxious because of it. Interesting. Yeah. So you kind of have to like, for a lack of better terms, own Mm -hmm. your shit. Exactly. Precisely. Okay. Yes. And Clinical no one definition. <laughs> they didn't teach you that one, did they? That's a, that's a that's a me thing. You can you can use that by the way if you'd like in your upcoming nice. books. I think that's 
That can be the title of your next book. Um, okay, so what else? When it comes to an okay enough person, because I think that I get that question a lot too and a lot of divorced people, we're looking for, I think especially after the first time, we're looking for the one, mm-hmm. the perfect person. So when it comes to other than is that the only thing that when it comes to an okay enough person that you should think about is avoidance or how they're, or how they, um, you know, their anxious attachment styles or their attachment styles? Yeah. That, well, no, it is not the only thing that you sh- should think about, but, but yes, um, their attachment style and the amount of work that they've done to be really be able to be a good partner, manage their anxiety, attach, you know, anxious and avoidant attachment styles. There's a lot of anxiety underneath of it. But other things that I would consider that would make a good partner are qualities like psychological flexibility Mm. is actually an important one. So being able to see different sides of things and different perspectives uh, rather than somebody who it tends to perceive things in kind of black and white, good and bad, right and wrong. Mm-hmm. That can be challenging. Um, and in addition to that, I would be looking for somebody who um, tends towards kindness, generosity, acceptance rather than judgment, empathy. And so really um, these like emotional intelligence skills, Mm. somebody who is able to be self-aware and manage their own feelings, but then also be aware of and responsive to the needs and rights and feelings of others. So then let's, no, that's, that's makes, that makes perfect sense. Let's go back to the idea of he, the healing part of divorce. When, when would you say, because this is a question I get a lot too, and when it kind of comes back to the healing, if everyone asks me like, I don't know if I'm healed, and it's the same thing I've said, I don't, I don't know if I'm healed. If I were to say a divorced person shouldn't date until they blank. Mm-hmm. Many times people who are going through a breakup or a divorce will use dating or new relationships as a way to make themselves feel better yes. pretty immediately yes. and kind of um, carpet over the work. So I would, I mean. And I think know, that's what I've been doing. I think that's what I've been doing now for the last five years yeah. without, without mm-hmm. realizing it. And I think mm-hmm. that my brain told me, oh, you just don't want to be in a relationship. Oh, you just don't, you know, you don't want, you don't want that. You just, you, you, you like being single, which I mean, there were perks to being single. Um, but, but I think that really stopped. Sto- go ahead. Were, were you like dating a bunch of different people yeah. basically? Is that yeah. oh, okay? It's kind of mm-hmm. all over the place doing whatever I wanted. Like yeah. no, no, no commitments. No, uh, you know, just, I wanted to do what I wanted to do without mm-hmm. having to worry about anybody else's feelings. And yeah. I had a very raw podcast this week. And if you haven't listened to the podcast called The Ugly Truth that I did, go back and listen to Monday's episode. I had a moment where I woke up and I was like, oh my God, what have I done? What have I done? How could I have been so selfish to have played the field? 
been dishonest. Just all of it was just for me with very little care for how it was affecting somebody else. And it seems like in your understanding and regret and remorse of that, there's a genuine desire to um, do things differently in the future. Right. Absolutely. worth a lot. And that's why it scared me (laughs) because now I'm like, I can't go back to that lifestyle. I can't, Mm -hmm. I can't do it. I can't go back and I can't do it. But also looking forward is also a pretty, a pretty scary thing when it comes Mm -hmm. to all these other feelings of, oh my gosh, like it it all, it all just hit me all at once. It, It literally all just hit me of how do you work past being scared to get into another relationship. And that's why, mm-hmm. that's why you and I connected because, yeah. because of that reason alone, because you said it so eloquently when it comes to commitment, you, every, every episode you do is so eloquent when it comes to, you're, you're very down to earth. You're very, uh, it feels very safe when I listen to your podcast. Uh, I feel like I know you, even though we just, we literally just met face to face for the first time. You do a, such a great job of articulating all these things or it doesn't feel Basically, I, here's, here, here it is. This is my, my best description of your podcast. I feel like I can bring my ugly to your podcast without being judged. And that's what it feels like. Uh, you do a great job at that. So as someone that has been a pretty authentic person when it comes to divorce, I'm always looking to like pass along people like you, you know, through my experience pass along people like you because we're all just trying to figure out <laughs> figure out this world together you know that's yeah. it's a real skill that you have well you're very kind but but maybe that's why it feels relatable is that i'm i'm also trying to figure things out too <laughs> and i'm also doing my own work and i talk to guests sometimes and they say these things and i'm like ooh i'm feeling seen right now so it it goes both ways i just want you to know that well, you say it very confidently, and that's the difference between you and I. You, at least you, you say it with confidence, so that's uh, that's always the thing. Also, today's episode is brought. Also, today's episode is brought to you by apostrophe. Apostrophe is great because I get it. As you get older, you start looking at your skin. Like, what happened to that twenty-year-old skin I used to have? It's just not quite the same, right? So that is why I want to introduce you to Apostrophe. Apostrophe is an online platform that connects you with an expert dermatology team to get customized acne treatment for your unique skin. So when you're going through apostrophe, you can get access to any type of medication, if it's oral or topical, that know how to clear up things like acne. They know how to work with your skin and really kind of hit your goals. And if your goals are uh, adult acne, if it's like reducing dark spots, for me, it was improving my skin texture. It doesn't matter what it is. Like you get access to a dermatology team without having to go to a dermatologist. And it's a great offer too. All you got to do for your first visit for only $5, just five bucks at apostrophe.com slash Kramer. When you use our code Kramer, K-R-A-M-E-R, that's a savings of $15. And this code is only available to our listeners. So to get started, go to apostrophe.com slash Kramer and then use the code Kramer at sign up and you'll get your first visit for five bucks. And thank you to Apostrophe for sponsoring this episode. Care of is a subscription service that ships high quality personalized vitamins, supplements, and powders conveniently to your door every single month. It was the easiest way for me to start to learn how to do like a a, a regimen every single day. 
it's kind of weird at first. Like if you're not used to taking vitamins and supplements every day, it's kind of hard to figure out which ones you want to take and what's good for you and then staying on track. But with Care Of, you take a short in-depth quiz about your lifestyle and your health goals and your personalized doctor-backed recommendation comes back to you, taking the guesswork out of what supplements are best suited for you. They've got an app, by the way, where you can track your progress and how you feel and you can earn rewards and discounts. And if you've never used Care Of before, it's awesome. They send you these little daily vitamin packets that are great for on the go and made of plant-based composable film. So every day you just literally open up your individual pack and you just take it back with a glass of water. It makes it so easy, such an easy process. If you're new to the supplement game or maybe you've been in it for a long time, I mean, it's literally, it's not even just, you know, just vitamins, it's supplements, it's powders too. So 50% off your first care of order, just go to takecareof.com and enter the code Kramer50, takecareof.com and enter the code Kramer50. Um, is there, you know, People that are, are going to be new to your podcast, what are the episodes you think that resonate the best with people? What are the ones that you get the most feedback on? Because I want to be able to also guide people, not only just to say, hey, go go listen to like your your issues, you know, go search, which is always, always good because I've listened to a couple of them now that I feel like, oh my gosh, trust issues was a great one. Um, communication was a great one. Um, and so you can obviously go search it out. Which, is there any one, any one episode that you really feel like you nailed? Gosh. Or the, it's like the best, the best takeaway if we were to send people to go really. That's a great question, Steve. I, know. I have you, you never know what? thought about that before. I oh, also actually, hate when people no, ask I me do. that question, so I apologize. <laughs> oh, no, that's okay. And, and I actually do have one episode. Well, there, there are a couple, but one in particular, I'm so glad I did. And I did it with radical, possibly ruthless honesty, but it's an episode around what to do if you are married and have a crush on someone else. And I have had so many people get in touch with me and and thank me. They're like, listening to that podcast kept me from doing something really stupid. I wow. think you might have saved my family. Wow. And so that was, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I'm I'm channeling messages from beyond myself, but that that was an important one. So, well, so do, thank you for asking. You do, you do so great with it. You do so great with it. Yeah. Anything else we need to say when it comes to people that are, are, are thinking about trying it again? Because I got a lot of them that listen and they want, yeah. they really, they really want to, and, I, and now I'm officially one of them that really does want to try to find the good enough one, <laughs> which is a new term I will now be using. I'm trying to find the good enough one for me. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I'd, I'd be happy to share some some thoughts or, or things that could help your, you and your listeners grow in this area. And the one thing that sometimes surprises people is that, again, this is not a, a finding the right person thing. This is a turning the beam inward and doing, doing your own work. And so what I think I might be hearing in your story, which, which is common is that, you know, when you, got married, you must have been such a young man. And just like sitting with you, you're such a nice guy. Like I can't only, you're oh, like, you. I'm getting married. This is great. Yeah. And really like had your heart broken 
by the whole experience. Do you know what I mean? Like such a disappointment. There's just so many different layers. And it's absolutely understandable to want to just enjoy life and all of the things that can go with being a, a fun young single guy, right? And so, and that is all okay. And um every right in the world to do that, but it also kind of like kicks the can down the road, you know, like the that work did not go anywhere. And so now you're in a, in a situation where you're like, okay, I'm done. And I'm going to go back and do the, do this stuff. Um, and there can be a lot of wisdom too, just in getting some, some emotional distance there. Like it can sometimes be easier to do that work. If it didn't happen three months ago, it happened five years ago. Like that's, that's a positive thing. Right. And so, you know, what you might consider doing with a, a therapist, a coach, you could even do it through journaling you know, is really going back and even um, articulating or writing through the story of your marriage. Mm. Here's how it started. Here's what brought us together. Here were the good times. Here's when it started to change. Here's what she did. Here's what I did. And like spend time, but like what happened and getting clear about that in your own mind and and then using that as a starting point to do a few different things. I mean, one could be honoring the fact that you're not a 25-year-old anymore. You're a 40-year-old and you've learned a lot of things along the way, but getting clear about how did that experience change me and how I show up in relationships. Mm. Given what I've learned, if I had a time machine and I would do some of those things over again, what would I do differently? And just very clearly, you know? Um, and sometimes it can be like people can run into stuck points because like nobody teaches us how to have good relationships and that you actually need to like how should I have handled that situation? <laughs> have a, right. you know and so that that's valid, but doing doing some research and some work around that and then from from that work beginning to develop the sense of like trust and confidence in your own ability to have healthy secure relationships and practicing that but also to understand that it takes a long time to get to know people and when you are starting to date someone you don't have enough information yet about who they are and what they're about. I mean, it takes easily three, six, nine months to, to begin to have character really revealed. And so I think there's also a lot of wisdom in saying, I don't know if I want to commit to you yet. And like not forcing yourself into it because um, what what is the basis of your trust if mm. it's still kind of being revealed, you know, mm -hmm. I, I don't know what kind of partner this is going to be. Right. It takes some time. I think that's a really important part. Sorry, go ahead. Well, well, and then the other, the other thing, and I think that this goes to like all different kinds of anxiety. So the uh, opposite of anxiety is not, um, not feeling fear, not feeling doubt, not feeling anxiousness. The opposite of anxiety is the confidence that whatever comes up, you will be able to handle and mm. it's going to be okay. Wow. When anxiety is healed, we don't get rid of anxious feelings. We restore 
confidence, competence. I don't need to know what's going to happen next because I trust myself to be okay no matter what. Wow. And that's, you have to earn that. And that's big. It that's is really big. big. Yeah. Because I think that what I see it, and I think a lot of us divorcees see, mm-hmm. is starting line and yeah. then how is this going to go? Mm-hmm. How is this going to go? Like, what about this? This is what I do. Well, what about this? What about this? Well, what if this happens? Well, what if that happens? Where before, I mean, I'm, I literally, I met my ex-wife. We moved in together like three months later. <laughs> we were, you know, it was, there were no questions. There were no questions. Mm-hmm. There was nothing. Literally, it was just like, yep, we're going to do this. We're going to get married. And that's it. We got married. Um, and I wish I had that same kind of confidence. I felt like the first time mm-hmm. I felt like I could have taken on anything. I think that once you, and I, and, and again, I, and I'm still here and I've been through a lot, yeah. you know, I've been through a lot. I'm still here. And I think that what you just said was super important because for a lot of us that are divorced, I think that we can't, we, we did it. We did it. We survived it. And whatever is going to come up next, I think that we can also, we're going to be able to handle mm-hmm. and maybe not have to see the whole map in front of you right now. Because I think I stop yeah. myself when I'm just like, okay, because with, with my career, like I, I, I'm very, I'm, I move a lot. Every, every couple, of, probably every five years or so, I'm going to a different radio station, different mm-hmm. city. Um, but what it will, are they, what if they're going to, are they going to go with me? I don't even know if they're going to want to go. I don't, it's just, there's so many more things that I have to think about nowadays that I didn't think about when I was 25 because all that matters when you're 25 is being in love with a hot woman and that's it. Nothing else matters. That's so true. (laughs) But that's also, I mean, I I think there's so much wisdom and um, I mean, there's no way around that as, as we get older, as we get life experience, as you take a few in the face and learn, you know, the, the realities of things we, we can't be as naively optimistic as we were when we were 25 and that's a good thing. But then, so I'm going to put my relationship counselor hat on for a second, you know, one fantastic litmus test and way of being able to kind of like, you know, we're going to walk out on a frozen pond little by little. And is this going to hold my weight would be, can you have productive conversations about those things with a person that you're dating Mm. and be able to say, what if this situation and be able to talk about that together and maybe not solve all the problems and know exactly what's going to happen because nobody can see into the future, but have an experience or not with somebody who is able to have an authentic and courageous conversation with you and be emotionally intimate and be realistic and supportive and you know, like what is that experience like? That is a like strength test of a developing relationship. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's it's not like a all or nothing, it's either good or it's bad. It's created along the way. And to be able to talk about it yeah, with the right person. Mm-hmm. And that person all of a sudden is like, ah, then, <laughs> no, <laughs> then, but may, like, then maybe you know. But like, if that's hard to do, 
or yeah. if they make you feel bad or like dismissive or blow you off, that is something to pay attention to. That's true. Mm-hmm. I have enjoyed this conversation immensely. I've learned more from you in the last 45 minutes than I've learned <laughs> in the last five years in therapy. Oh, so well. thank you so much for making the time to like it's. I, and I, I hope again, what I do by telling my story is I try to use my platform to ask the questions that I know some people aren't able to or haven't gotten to yet in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they're just fresh into a divorce, and I know it seems so crazy, and, and what they're going to do, or uh, and so by sharing the story, I know it's it's important. Um, but it's also, I don't have the answers. So <laughs> that's why we have to turn to people like you to be able to help us through this. So thank you so much for making time to do this today. This is Dr. Lisa Marie Bobby. You need to go subscribe to her podcast. Go search through all the archives, the Love, Happiness, and Success podcast. It's got a big pink cover on it if in case you're you know confused on which one it is. Uh, and then growingself.com is the website to go find out and go learn more about yourself because I think we've learned more and like I said in these last 45 minutes than, than years and years and years I think I learned more from some of your podcast than oh. I've learned from from a ton of therapy so thank you for doing what you do I appreciate you joining the show today thank you so much this was a pleasure talking with you and thank you for for being so brave and uh, having courageous conversations in public that are benefiting a lot of people so thank you Okay, that's it for today. Thanks for listening to my son's podcast, Certified Mama's Boy. Be sure to review and subscribe and tell your friends. Love you forever.